they start fighting and she's like, she's like flicking off her press on nails. She's taking off her wig and he sings a song that I remember to this day. I'm stuck in a basement, sitting on a tricycle, girl getting on my nerves. I thought she was fine. Now I'm losing my mind. I don't know if her body is hers. everyone this is alex and this is M. welcome to the latest episode of the good the bad the basic this is a podcast for tv lovers movie buffs and binge watchers of all ages on this podcast we'll be discussing what we loved what we hated and what's just a bit problematic about the tv and movies that we're addicted to and do a bit of rewriting where necessary for much more exclusive content Become a show producer on Patreon and get access to after-the-episode outtakes, curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join us at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the first three seasons of the groundbreaking NBC sitcom The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. This series follows our protagonist's life after he is sent away by his mother from the mean streets of West Philadelphia, to the posh new world of Bel Air, California, to live with his wealthy aunt and uncle. Fresh Prince instantly became a television mainstay, and all of the characters on this series remain household names to this day. So what was the magic formula for this wildly successful Black sitcom? Stay tuned! everyone so here's some details about the fresh prince of bel-air the series is a sitcom created by andy borowitz and susan borowitz it aired or it was released from september 10th 1990 until may 20th 1996 and continues to be aired in various literally dozens of um forms of syndication to this day um it originally aired on nbc for six seasons and a total of 148 episodes The series stars Will Smith as Will Smith, our protagonist, James Avery as Philip Banks, Will's uncle, Janet Hubert as Vivian Banks, Will's aunt for seasons one through three, and Daphne Maxwell-Reed as Vivian Banks for seasons four through six, Alfonso Ribeiro as Carlton Banks, Will's cousin, Karen Parsons as Hillary, Hillary Banks, Will's cousin, and Tatiana M. Ali as Ashley Banks, Will's cousin. Um, the series also stars Joseph Marcel as Jeffrey Butler, the Banks' butler. Yes, the butler's last name was Butler. I digress. D- DJ Jazzy Jeff as Jazz, Will's best friend. Vernie Watson Johnson as Viola Smith, a.k.a. Vi, Will's mother. Jennifer Lewis as Helen Smith, Will's oldest and meanest aunt. Charlene Woodard as Janice Smith, Will's other aunt who's married to that white guy, Trevor. (laughs) (laughs) 
And our for our we have a long list of guest characters or recurring characters, but some of them include Tyra Banks as Jacqueline Ames, aka Jackie, Will's season four girlfriend, Nia Long as Beulah Wilkes, aka Lisa, Will's season five girlfriend and later fiance, and Ross Bagley as Nikki Banks. He plays Will's cousin, Will's youngest cousin from seasons five through six. Um, Nikki had been played by uh, varying actors prior to that, since Nikki was a baby when first introduced to the series. So these are all of our major players. And it's a really great show. As far as the cousins are concerned, Hillary's the oldest, then Carlton, then Ashley and Nikki. So you guys know the 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 birth order of these people. But let's jump into um, season one. They they really were counting on this show to be a success because season one is one of the longest seasons at twenty five episodes. Let's talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Well, like this show is. I mean, if if there's like um. If we talk about, like, Black sitcoms in the pantheon of, like, famous Black sitcoms, and and this is probably one of the most famous, most one of the most prestigious ones of all time, right? It, it definitely mm-hmm. sits up there next to The Cosby Show, Family Matters, um... What else? What else, what else am I forgetting? And, oh, Different uh, World... T- Two two seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, all of. Those. Oh, and of course, what's happening? Which is still airing. How is that show still airing? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 um it's an excellent show. It's interesting. So the the story about how this show got greenlit is still like amazing. <laughs> it's like it's a really famous legendary story. So apparently, it's like. Quincy Jones had met Will Smith and this was like when Will Smith was like still like was in music and he was like on MTV Yo Raps and like doing that sort of and Quincy Jones had just met him and and just liked him and so they go to this party one night because they're like okay we're gonna we're gonna like you should and Quincy's like oh yeah like you should have a TV show like that'd be great for you um and he's like sure and they didn't have a script. They didn't like, they just had like a general like idea. And so they go to this party, this like really weird, and it's like a weird party. Like, I think he talks about like how like people are like throwing up in the bathroom and it's like really loud and noisy or whatever. And, um, and you can find this story. Like Will Smith talks about this story. And I think Quincy Jones has talked about the story and I might get certain details mixed up. Just, you know, Google it. You can find it. But they go to this party and it's like this crazy party. And like the head of NBC is like at this party and they're like, Hey, and like, just like, and and the, and the guy at NBC is like so distracted or whatever. And Quincy Jones is like, Hey, like this is Will, like, you know, he, like, this is the TV show. Like give, like, give it to us. (laughs) And the guy at NBC is like, what? (laughs) And they're like, you know, Will's going to do like a little rap. Like, He's going to, like, rap for him, Will. And Will's like, oh. Like, he puts them on the spot to just, like, do, like, to do, like, some song or something. And, like, like and, like, he does it. He It's not, like, the song that ends up becoming, like, you know, obviously the most, probably one of the most iconic TV themes of all time. But um, he does, like, some weird, like, rap. And in, in the in the president of NBC just sort of, like, squints his eyes. And he's like, yeah, sure, okay. Like. <laughs> 
<laughs> Get when to Quincy me on Monday. Says, yes, nobody can say no when Quincy <laughs> yes. says yes. <laughs> 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 but that's literally what happened, you guys. And I'm just like, how much pull does Quincy have with these white folks? Um, but that's what happened. The show got greenlit. They got some writers. Um, you know, Andy and Susan did what they had to do. And they wrote quite a few episodes of um, the season as well, um, including that pilot episode. Um, so essentially, the what, what's genius about the show is that I think this is the first show ever I know it's the first. I want to say the only, but it might not be the only, but it's definitely the first show where the premise of the show is summarized in the theme opening theme song. Yes. Let's talk <laughs> about this. Like the most, I, I mean, I, and I, we were, we talked about this very briefly, but like I was really listening to the theme song and I was thinking about how this is truly like, I'm sure, like, there's a no, there's an opinion by a white person who's like written an article somewhere who's who's like who's who's like ranked TV themes, and this is not number one, but it should be because I was thinking about how freaking genius this theme is because it's like not only is it the premise, but like it's catchy. It's this mm-hmm. catchy, fun song. Like, do you know how hard it is to do something like that? And you do it just in like, it's like, it's not even one minute. I don't think it might be like 45 seconds. Like that's so impressive. It is. And like, you know, everything about the show again, from that theme song, he was born and raised in West Philadelphia, spent his days playing basketball on the playground with his friends. Some, you know, tough neighborhood guys got in a fight with him. His mom got scared and sent him to live with his um, auntie and uncle in Bel Air. That's what happened. And now he's adjusting to life there. Um, and it's really, really interesting because I think for almost the entire duration of the series, I want to say maybe it starts falling off in like season five. He really keeps that that sensibility of someone who wasn't raised wealthy. He does. Like he, um, you, you definitely, that's definitely part of, of the narrative with each sort of episodic, um, episodic episode. That's bad, but whatever. (laughs) Um, yeah. And it, and it works and I believe it. I definitely believe it. And I mean, shout out to Quincy Jones, I guess, for having that killer instinct like he does with so many things. Um, and realizing that you could, um, like building this entire world and building these entire, all these characters in this world around essentially just Will Smith and like the, the strength of his personality. Um, I think that's such a, um, you know, I talk about this, like leading a show, being the lead on a show is not like an easy thing to do because I mean, cause you are so responsible for um, the tone of the show in like, and like how like in the pace of it you're you're sort of you're responsible for things that like you shouldn't really be responsible for but you just are by virtue of yourself and 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 whatever like you you have to you have a lot of um i think you have a lot of like stuff to do on your shoulders in terms of like setting the tone, like what it's going to be like, what the pace is, like how certain moments are going to land and um 
he had never really acted before. So this was his first sort of time doing that. And he does it so well. Like, I think you, I think if you even, cause like now we've sort of, um, but at the height of Will Smith, like, you know, Will Smith's star is like still very big and bright, but it has petered off some, but at the height of his like stardom, which is probably what, like the late nineties, early two thousands. I will probably just say mid two thousands when he was mid- doing that whole string of movies like Hitch, I Robot, yeah, da, da, da. yeah, yeah. Um, you get why he's this huge bankable star. I mean, it's it's definitely noticeable in in this. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it's he. You, I think a lot of people, including Quincy Star, saw the star power in him even as a rapper because he was very charismatic, which he kind of had to be. Because he was the only rapper then and now who raps without using profanity. Like, that became his calling card. Like, not using profanity at all. So, therefore, you couldn't use it as a filler. And you couldn't use it in order to make yourself seem tough. And toughness and machismo was what every other rapper had going for them. Except maybe LL Cool J. He had sex appeal. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) um, But, like... For everybody else, it was, you know, I got to be tough. I'm from the hood. And so he played to his strengths. Like, okay, I'm charming. I can do that. And right. and so we kind of, I think everybody who saw him rap or saw his early videos with, with, with jazz saw that, um, that potential. But Quincy really capitalized on it. Good for him. Because even if it, none of his other projects made him another dime he could still live off the revenue of the french fresh prince of bel-air pretty comfortably um right which because everybody else has (laughs) count on quincy for two things he knows um how to spot a hit we get to we get to know the banks in season one now james avery is an actor that i had previously seen i gosh i can't remember um, where I'd seen him before. But the interesting thing about Alfonso Ribeiro and James Avery is that every time, like, like this isn't the first time that they play father and son on television together. Oh, okay. Um, and I remember seeing that, th- thinking that James Avery was like this very magnanimous figure. I love his speaking voice. FYI, James Avery was the voice actor behind the Shredder in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 90s animation. I, I love this actor so much. And I loved him as Uncle Phil, probably because I didn't have no daddy around when I was growing up. And so <laughs> I saw him as like, I saw him as like the pinnacle father figure. Strict, but not um, unreasonable, but loving, but also a disciplinarian. Like if I could like create like a dad bot, <laughs> it would be James Avery. So Uncle Phil easily became one of my favorite characters on the show. Now, Philip and Vivian uh, met in their college years. They both became lawyers. Um, She's still a lawyer, although um, now she teaches law as a professor, and he went on to be a judge. So they're both highly successful people. They weren't always wealthy. In fact, um, Philip grew up very, very poor. Um, He's the son of pig farmers. And um, they were still poor. Right. Oh, I was just saying, which becomes like a great gag throughout the series. 
It does. It does. And they were still poor when they had their first two children, um, Carlton, um, um, Hillary and Carlton, even though Hillary's always been bougie. Who knows why? Um, <laughs> but um, the family, the chemistry between the, the family members is undeniable. Beyond Will Smith's own charisma, this is what made the show a hit. I will die on that hill. Oh, absolutely. I was just about to say, like, I think the the next part about why this show is so great is that the the actors that you have surrounding Will Smith at the time are all top tier. Um, James Avery uh, is a th- is like a theatrically trained, like Royal Shakespeare Company trained actor. Um, the you know dark skin on Viv. The only Aunt Viv we acknowledge, by the way, um, <laughs> is uh, is also like an Alvin Ailey dancer, like theatrically trained um, at, um, at one of the top tier acting schools. So, you know, the Jeffrey, that actor, I think he went to RADA in England, which is basically mm-hmm. like Juilliard, but like in England. Uh, and so, and then you have uh, Alfonso Ribeiro. You have nothing but strong, strong actors, strong heavy hitters surrounding this like extremely young, extremely green um, actor to sort of guide and and mold and make sure it's all gonna gonna work. Mm-hmm. I love this series so much. Like now, Alfonso Ribeiro. Um, a quick note there wasn't classically trained, but he was a child actor. Um, oh, never mind. He'd Maybe. been he'd been like he'd been acting since he was nine years old. Whew, this man's still on television at almost fifty. Love to see it. I also have to like like I love how many Black Caribbeans were on that show as well. That made my heart happy. Alfonso Ribeiro's Trinidadian um, and uh, Toboggan. Apparently, the actor who plays Jeffrey, I think he's of Jamaican ancestry. Am yeah, I, I think he's he's Jamaican. That? Yeah. And Tatiana Emali is um, Indian and Afro-Panamanian. And I didn't even learn this until much, 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 much later. But um, it's interesting to me because it's so hard for Caribbeans to break into American television. I know we have an easier time in British television because there's a, a big Caribbean population in the UK. But it's so, so hard to see um, uh, people of Caribbean descent on on American television at all. But back to the family. The family just feels like a real family. Very different personalities that work well together, like people who've actually lived together their entire lives. I love to see it. It's really great. Season one. Season one is like is like all, not like all, but like most season ones, it's just an introduction. Um, for the most part, these three seasons will all be the episodes are still very self-contained. They're all just like a story. We don't really get similar to other sitcoms. We don't start to really see like a connectivity or um, nature to the show until we get to like the later seasons past season three. Season one is great. And like season one is like, they go all in. Like, I mean, there's even like a police brutality, like racism episode in season one, which I did not remember. Like, 
I first, I didn't actually watch this show when it was like airing. I watched it um, when it was in like well into syndication on Nickelodeon at night. So that's when I, I first encountered the show. So I've, I've never actually seen, this is the first, this is my first time watching everything like in order. Right, right. Because when I used to watch it in syndication, oh, well, okay. So I've watched the show in syndication several times on several networks. I can't even remember which ones. Some networks would show the sh- would show the series in order, but then you end up missing an episode here or there, regardless, right? And then some networks would show them in random order, yeah, because there were so many one there were so many one offs. But yeah, this the the first season is great, and we basically it's basically how basically the family dynamic of the banks is tested with this new um component of Will being added to the family, right? right. Um, very quickly, Ashley his youngest cousin at the time, because Nikki isn't born yet, becomes his favorite cousin. She's the youngest. I believe Ashley is 11 or 12 when he moves to um, Bel Air. And she thinks he's really cool. And she really likes him. So clearly she becomes the favorite. They hang out a lot. You know, Hillary doesn't dislike Will. It's just that she literally doesn't see anyone other than herself. She's just super self-centered. And Carlton and and will have the most friction because they're very dissimilar, but their relationship dynamic actually just that alone carries so many episodes, great episodes of this show, like their interactions together, Carlton and will you that's television magic. Oh, absolutely. Like, um, they, a lot of their interactions are super fun. Um, so I guess some notable things to me about season one, Woo, these 90s shows are, like, really obsessed with, like, respectability politics. Make it make sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, that kind of, like, hit me in the face. I was like, wow, there's a lot of, like, huh, happening. Um, like, because when we see Will, like, one of the things I think, um, and we've talked about this, how bedrooms are so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see Will and there's like an episode where Will is like in his bedroom sort of just doing whatever. And I think he's like putting, he's getting situated and he like puts up this Malcolm X poster and like Philip is so like incensed by it, which doesn't make sense, which doesn't make sense. Cause he himself was a civil rights activist, but he's like, uh, he like rolls his eyes at like Will's Malcolm X poster and generally thinks like, you know, he he go he doesn't say it but he might as well have just been like i hate you it's like stop it with this like hip hop crap like <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's uh it's interesting to watch like i i guess that those part i just forgotten those parts see now when i saw that again it hit me a little bit different i kind of saw it as like Phil Philip selling out. There are sprinkles of this throughout the series, actually. Like he's made it now. He's wealthy and he's living in this white neighborhood and he's surrounded by white people. And on the rare occasions we see Philip's friends or Philip going to play golf, they're white people. And I kind of feel like he doesn't want reminders of the struggle in his house. Mm. And you know what? <laughs> You're right. Cause that, that's a thing that, that is a thing that happens in, I don't remember what season, but I remember the episode. I I think he he feels like a guilt about it. I think there's a there's a point where like he feels a guilt about it. Like they go back. There's like an episode where they go back to the old neighborhood, and to like help clean up or something. And he feels guilty that he never stayed here or that he didn't come back to try to fix things, 
or to take his new his newly found like or newly gained resources to reinvest um and people do call him a saw and he feels like one and he and he has to grapple with the weight of that and that choice Right. And we see this a little bit with Philip, because, again, he was a civil rights activist. He spent most of his life and his formative years his adult, his, and his young adult life fighting for civil rights, being in poor neighborhoods, working side by side with black people, including um, black activists and black intellectuals. Right. But we see it even more with his son, Carlton, who never had the struggle and therefore never sold out. Um, Carlton is more whitewashed, I would want to say. Absolutely. I mean, Carlton is part of like the young Republicans club and and loves Ronald Reagan. Um, hate to see it. I might have to disown you, son. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no, um, he's definitely one of those black people that think that, that would say something like they only treat you like niggers because you act like niggers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> basically and that's and i mean and, and that's and then that's where we have i think the that first police brutality episode where um in season 1 in fact where carlton takes his um carlton and will take the car from one of philip's partners at the law firm well no they don't take but they're given one of the the cars of one of the partners at Phillips law firm. And then they get pulled over because like the, the partner's like, Oh, just drive it back. And like, whatever. And he gives the boys the keys. And during them driving in this car, they get pulled over by the police and then they're arrested. Carlton is just so shocked (laughs) because why would they think that nice young boys like them would get pulled over? And the tension in that episode is like, will sort of like rolling his eyes at Carlton's, naivete um he's like of course we got pulled over because it's us because we're two black kids driving a luxury vehicle in in bel-air come on bel-air come on come on um and and yeah and it's it's a great episode there are many great episodes um on a lighter note i think one of my favorite episodes is kiss my butler where naomi campbell guest stars as helen and um it's Jeffy's birthday, and Will finds out that Ashley's friend has a an English nanny named Helen, and he thinks it's like some older lady. So he sets Jeffrey up on a blind date with this woman for Jeffrey's birthday, and then it turns out that this English nanny is Naomi Campbell, <laughs> and then he's like, <laughs> he tries to steal her for himself the whole night, but she's having a great time with Jeffrey. Side note, ladies, don't hire nannies that look like Naomi Campbell. I said what I said. <laughs> I was about to say, like, unless you're trying to, like, get rid of this man. <laughs> right. Um, or you want it for yourself. But <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> unless, you're, unless it's, like, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Michael Douglas with, like, that cheating clause. There's, like, a... Right, right. In their prenup, they have a cheating clause and she gets everything if he cheats. Unless you're trying to get that. Unless you're trying to get that going. Right, right, right. And you you really want out of this marriage, but you know, you want to get your, your paper, your ducks in a row. <laughs> but this episode was so, so funny. We had a lot of great guest stars that first season. Don Cheadle um, guest starred as Will's friend from Philly, Ice Trey. And there's this really good scene with him and Karen Parsons, who plays Hillary, where they like, it's like, a, they have this little short whirlwind romance. Um, 
uh, Kathy Griffith guest stars, um, Kareem, Kadeem Hardison from A Different World guest stars, Richard Roundtree, another prolific Black actor, OG, Hank Azaria guest stars, Heavy D, I'll Be Sure, Quincy Jones, Malcolm Jamal Warner, they were all on this first season. They just rolled out the red carpet of like top tier black actresses, black actors and actresses of the time. Definitely. Oh, I forgot Miss Vivica A. Fox, my bad. Right. Never forget Miss Vivica. How does like season one end? Um, Hillary gets a job um working with Queen Latifah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as, uh, um, who's an actress, but the actress is like really, really rude to her. Um, but she sees Will and she likes Will. And so basically Hillary tries to whore Will out to her boss to keep her job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and like just Jazz and, and Hillary have their first kiss. Jazz and Hillary, those two crazy kids. Um, they were Regine and um and what's his name the jamaican dude you remember from living single oh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah they were regine and jamaican dude before there was they were the two of them there was like that broke dude who really really loves you and you feeling him too but you're also allergic to poverty oh yeah no I, we know <laughs> we know oh gosh okay so season one favorite episodes of season one Oh, uh, let's talk about it. Okay, I'm going to go back to the top. Um, the pilot episode, excellent pilot. You guys know how I feel about this. It definitely sets the tone for the entire season, the entire series. Number two, bang the drum Ashley. Will convinces Ashley to get rid of her violin that she doesn't want to play anymore and get a set of drums. Episode four, Not With My Pig You Don't, where we're introduced to Hattie and Joe, Phil's parents, from that pig farm on North Carolina. Homeboy, Sweet Homeboy, um, where we meet the Ice Shay character played by Don Cheadle. There are not really any bad episodes in season one. Let me keep going. Uh, episode seven, The Deaf Poets Society. Episode 10, Kiss My Butler, starring Naomi Campbell. Episode 15, Deck the Halls. That's a great Christmas episode. Episode 19, It Had to Be You. And episode 25, Working It Out. I, I mean, you named a lot of the ones I love. I love as well. Um, I also like just uh, infatuation, which is episode twenty-four, and then episode twenty-two, uh, Banks shot. Um, those are the only ones I, I have to add. So, season one, good, bad, or basic? Season one is very good. What about you? Same. Season one is like, and I've no like. I would I would say an excellent. Just like in terms of the sitcom sort of genre uh i don't think it gets any better than this i think the only sitcom that whose first season that i love as much as this one is probably like the bernie mac show season one as well that's it that another iconic another that's season one so season two season two we uh like it's the same sort of it's in the nature there's no sort of pick up there's no holdover from season one it's just a brand new season of these same sort of episodic stories it's good and i think season two is more about just learning more of the family getting up to some more like fun little hijinks yeah i think while season one was about how does will fit in now season two is like now that he's 
integrated in the family where do we go from here type of one-offs definitely definitely it's like will sort of just brings in the (laughs) he's he's bringing in the comedy um or he's bringing in like this is the dynamic now of this crew right now as you said there isn't really any central theme in season two but i must talk about that premiere episode of the season two series uh, a season opener is my all-time favorite episode of the fresh prince of bel-air yeah <laughs> all-time favorite like when fresh prince of bel-air is on tv i don't always watch it but i will turn it on and look at the first three minutes to see whether or not it's that episode and if it is i'm dropping everything let's talk about this episode tisha campbell now tisha campbell martin stars Um, guest stars as Will's girlfriend, Kathleen. They've been dating for a little while, according to the show, and they're stuck at Uncle Phil's office during an earthquake. Like, they can't leave. No, no, no. The parents are stuck at Will's, at at Phil's workplace, and Will and Kathleen are stuck in the basement while everybody, and and the rest of the family is stuck in traffic. And while they're stuck in the basement, they start fighting, and she's like, she's like, flicking off her press-on nails. She's taking off her wig. And he sings a song that I remember to this day. I'm stuck in a basement sitting on a tricycle. Girl getting on my nerves. I thought she was fine. Now I'm losing my mind. I don't know if her body is hers. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, this, I don't know why this is so funny. And Tisha Campbell is a really great actress. People sleep on her a lot. She's a really great actress and she has amazing chemistry with everybody. And I'm talking from movies, um, like school days to television. She had amazing chemistry with Martin Lawrence. Um, amazing, amazing chemistry with, um, with who was the Damon Wayans from my wife and kids. Was that yeah. the right Wayans? Amazing yeah. chemistry with whomever she's acting with. And just their banter and their dynamic in this one episode, I wanted to see her again. Unfortunately, we didn't see much of her after that. But this episode is hilarious. I would have liked to see them in more projects together following this. Absolutely. I mean, Tisha Campbell is, she's also one of those, um, I think, premier Black actresses that don't quite get their due. Um, even though they've been so central and so iconic and so many formative and formidable uh, pieces of work. She's like Sharon Leal that way. Yeah. Um, I don't know what Sharon Leal's tea is, but I do know that Martin Lawrence was trying to get with Tisha throughout the entire run of, of Martin. And he sort of like used his, flexed his muscle to try to um, hinder her opportunities afterward. And her husband, Dwayne Martin, was also someone who I think maybe was intimidated by being with someone so talented and definitely henpecked her into turning down certain roles during the duration of their marriage. Mm. Hate to Hate see it. Hate to see it. Y'all, y'all uh, love, y'all love the talented one. Y'all love the beautiful one, and you want to hide her and minimize her. Why y'all like this, right? Why do y'all do that? <laughs> <laughs> like that's weird. Um, uh, you want the baddest in the game, but you don't want her to be the baddest in the game. You know what I mean? Make it make sense. Like that makes sense. So season two has some really interesting stuff going on in here. On our Boy Meets World episode, we sort of talked about. How, like, Boy Meets World is, like, really, like, scared 
throughout the run of the series to talk about or confront sex in any sort of real or material way. That is absolutely not the case with uh, Freshmen of Bel Air. Right. They lean heavily into that Will is kind of a young Lothario. Definitely. They 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 do they lean heavy into this that and then they also they're very easy with the sexual innuendo. There's a lot like that stood out to me. Um it's like in every ep- there's every episode there all it's always some it's always a joke or, or like an indie innuendo that's like left unsaid about either like blowjobs or like sex or and I just thought it was really funny. Also, but then also there is this episode in season two where Ashley, who is now 13 on the show, or her character is supposed to be 13, uh, starts asking about sex and wants to have sex with her 13-year-old boyfriend. The the boyfriend is also 13. Um, and it's a fascinating episode. Um I, th- I think it's interesting that you said the boyfriend is also 13 and it's sad that that needs to be clarified because we've seen so many shows where the boyfriend was in fact not 13. <laughs> oh, I hate it here. Um, and I say it because it's like, yeah, like kids who want to have sex with each other is like normal. <laughs> like that's, we get it. Like um, hormones are happening. But yeah, like she's 13 and I feel like even though let's say 13 and 16 or 17 are only three or four years apart. It's a different conversation entirely with a 13 year old. than like if I, if my 17 year old or my 16 year old tells me they want to have sex, I'll be like, okay, let's have the talk. Um, let's get you condoms. Let's talk to a doctor about maybe putting you on the pill. If my 13 year old tells me they want to have sex, I'll be like, sex is evil girl. Here's why. <laughs> <laughs> And it's funny because that's essentially what happened. So Ashley starts asking, and I mean, she goes to Will first and asks about sex. And Will is like, don't ever do it. It's evil. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it is interesting. But it is. But I do like it because when he does give that response to her, she says, well, you know, you do it all the time. And like, I want to do it because when you... Because when you hang out, when you like date girls and they don't do it, like you break up with them. And I don't want, you know, my 13 year old boyfriend to break up with me. And so I loved it for that, like that it, you know, because because Will is like this Lothario character, it did it. I like that the show and the episode didn't want to ignore like the sort of sexism in that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. you are sort of sort of interested in your body in like a different way. I think when you're 13, it is like, you do sort of think about these things super young, but nobody wants to talk to you about it. And I, I just, it's, it's a surprisingly progressive episode. Uh, I think the episode ends with like Vivian, like setting her down and being like, okay, like this is an adult thing and da, 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 da. And they have like a really real conversation with her about like, you know, the choices and how important it is and all like all these things to consider. And I just I was shocked. I It was just really progressive. And I like that. I couldn't believe it, honestly. <laughs> Frank Mitchell, take notes. I'm going to keep dragging Frank well before <laughs> and past the Moesha episode, just so we're clear. <laughs> <laughs> like, people are going to be like, I can't like this Moesha episode. I gotta listen to this because like, what did this man do? He did everything. That's the answer. Um, mm-hmm. everything wrong. 
everything that you can think of. Well, yeah, it's wild that they handle this for their 13 year old daughter better than he handled what his what 18 year old daughter thinking about sex. Crazy. And it's it's just a great episode. Uh, it's just one that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, like we talked about this on Smart Guy, like '90s recycling guest stars. Um, Mar- uh, Queen Latifah had guest starred in the previous season um, finale as Marissa, an actress, and um, that Hillary was assistant to, who liked Will. And then this season, episode eight, she guest stars as Dee Dee, who. Um, Will really likes and he has good chemistry with, but because of her size, he feels intimidated about asking her out. I mean, he doesn't, I'm glad you brought this episode up. Cause I also have this on my thing to bring up too. Um, this episode's super interesting. Uh, yeah. And, and I mean, it's not even, he's intimidated. He's, he's embarrassed to be seen with her. Right, right. He's like shallow. Yeah, intimidated was the wrong word. He's too shallow to ask her out because he's afraid of what other people will think if they see him with her. Right. And it look at 90s TV confronting fat phobia head on. In the course of the episode, you know, he realizes he doesn't really, he goes out with another girl, but she doesn't, the other girl doesn't really like get him. Well, and no. she's boring as fuck. Fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then Dee Dee. Um, and he'd rather be out with Dee Dee. So I, I generally like how this episode concludes, right? They end up choosing each other at the dance. But there is something to me about, I guess when we're going forward, I think I'd really appreciate depictions of fat women, especially fat black women, Um where like their body type is desirable, you know, or they, they, they are desirable. Like it, it doesn't have to be this thing. I mean, this episode is good for what it is and it's good for the nineties. It's fine. Um, but I, I think there is like, I, there's this weird thing that like, they don't want to like, and it, it persists to now where it's like, they don't even want to acknowledge that like, a fat woman's body like might be desirable, like just the way it is. Um, and I'd like right. that. That would be nice. I like that. Um, yeah, I did like how this resolved, you know, if we're only going to spend one episode talking about this, yeah. but yeah, I agree. They could have done more. And it's interesting as well. Cause I, I mean, Queen Latifah has gotten a little bigger. She's gotten older as most women do, but she always had what was considered a very desirable shape. The only reason more men weren't checking for her is because she always kind of gave off. I'm not with, I don't like dudes energy, (laughs) like off screen. (laughs) Um, And I remember Will Smith in particular, not necessarily having a crush on Queen Latifah, but he did have a thing for, um, um, Peppa from Salt and Pepper, um, and asked her out. Um, but she thought he was too nice, her own words. And she ended up dating and marrying Tretch from Naughty by Nature. And she has that, she had, she and Queen Latifah had that similar body type. Mm. So I would have liked it if perhaps his on-screen love interests sort of reflected that variety of body types that he was clearly into at the time. Um, right. because his, 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 his love interests on screen are very much the same. Um, there is a slight fluctuation when it comes to skin tone and height, but not much when it comes to body type. Right. I mean, the love Will's 
quote unquote girlfriends or girls he'll date or girls he'll take out on this show or I would say at least in, in skin tone, they're all, they're pretty diverse. Um, mm. But yeah, they're, but in terms of body type, they'll all be the same, you know? Right. Super I mean, some thin. will be a little curvier than others. Like Tyra's Tyra's always had hips and, and tits, even at her, her skinniest. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's always the, the thin girl, um, which is, um, I mean, I guess it's a reflection of the times that I wish it didn't have to be that way. Fun fact for the listeners, this this is actually where um, on this show that uh, Jada Pinkett and Will Smith first met. She auditioned for the role of the girl who'd be his fiance, Lisa, but she was too short. It, it wouldn't look right on camera, according to the casting director. So um, she lost that role to Nia Long. Interesting. I feel like I, I never thought of Nia Long, Long as being much taller. Um, apparently she is like Jada's like pocket size. I think she's like five feet or five one and Will oh. Smith is over six feet tall. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes <laughs> sense. Like, so they're like, um, this is going to, and I've seen them like kiss at award shows and he's not just leaning down. He's like stooping down to kiss her. Oh, okay. So yeah, she's exactly five feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, like, but you know, she got herself her man, so also that ends well. But yeah, um, Nia Long is only a couple inches taller. She's five two, but Lisa wore heels, and I guess that covered the spread. <laughs> good for good for Nia. Shout out to you, girl. Shout out to you and them checks. Um, I mean, Nia Long is like, but like Nia Long is like an icon of like '90s black television and film. Like she's mm-hmm. she's Nia Long. Do you have any standout episodes? Not to say favorites, but ones that you like remember clearly as being like hit hard. They always had like I remember they always had one sort of after school specialty type of episode. Last season it was the race episode. This season I think it was the Ashley sex episode. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it was. That's probably what it was. We recycle Malcolm Jamal Warner again. He guest stars on this season as well as a different character named Eric, who is um is Hillary's date and you know he's he's rich and young and dashing and charming and he's malcolm jamal warner so you know (laughs) he's got all of it he's got all of it and he and he's so funny like he makes or it's not funny but it's clever because they make like jokes that allude to the cosby show because he's like a doctor um (laughs) or he's like or he says like oh but my my parents a doctor or something my dad's a doctor and it's it's really cute yeah he said that he's like my dad's a doctor and like my mom's a lawyer Lawyer. Huh. I know how I know about Cliff and Claire. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. Um, uh, so yeah, Santa episodes. Um, you know, I really like to the mother of all battles. I love Will gets a job. It's episode three, uh, episode six, guess who's coming to marry. That's like another, like, you know, the show addresses interracial dating. Um, very after school, especially. Uh, I like, obviously, episode eight, She Ain't Heavy. That's the Queen Latifah episode. Episode 13, Christmas Show. I love all the Christmas episodes, so I'll always, you know, um, shout those out. Uh, 15, My Brother's Keeper. Uh, episode 17, Community Action. Um, this is where Hillary meets her meets her her boo thing like at the hospital and it's 
and Jazz is like upset in typical Jazz fashion about it. Episode 21, vying for attention. Um, episode 22, the aunt who came to dinner. Uh, and then episode 24, strip tease for two. Uh, strip tease for two is that amazing, iconic episode where like Carlton and Will have to be strippers in order to like earn money to get back to like Bel Air. <laughs> Listen, these bills won't pay themselves, boys. Take it <laughs> off. Take it off. Uh, it's It's great. Love it. Um, I would say favorites for me are, like I said, that season opener, Did the Earth Move for You? My favorite Fresh Prince episode of all time. Uh, Episode two, The Mother of All Battles. Philip punches a man in this episode. Great times. Ooh, P-S-A-T story, (laughs) Um, where um, Will scores higher than Carlton on the P-S-A-Ts. Very good episode. Um, episode six, guess who's coming to Mary, where we meet aunt Janice and just before her wedding to, to Frank, the white guy. Yeah. Great episode eight. She ain't heavy episode 21 vying for attention. This episode is actually directed by Malcolm Jamal Warner, even though he doesn't star in it. It does star Raven Simone, baby Raven Simone as the daughter of Robert, who is, um, Will's mother's new boyfriend. Um, that's a great episode because it turns out like he doesn't want to share his mom with this man and his daughter and like he wants his mom off for himself. And it really has been him and his mom their whole lives because um, his dad walked out. But like he's got a bigger family now and she she needs a family, too. And so that was a great episode about like respecting your mother's choices as an autonomous, healthy, adult, sexual woman. <laughs> um, right. Episode 22, The Aunt Who Came to Dinner. Um, This episode stars my favorite of Will's aunt, Aunt Helen, played by the infamous Jennifer Lewis. Episode 23, Be My Baby Tonight. And the one you said, episode 24, Strip Tease for Two. I love all the episodes in season two, but these are the top tier for me. Same, same. I agree. All right. So season two, good, bad, or basic? Another good Another good, solid, solid season. I'm going to give it a good as well. And I think that can be hard to do with sitcoms. I think people think this is easier with sitcoms. It's actually harder. Some of them just stop trying somewhere along the way to be funny. (laughs) No, they do. And I feel like, you know, we, the thing about sitcoms is like, obviously, you know, because it's a situational comedy. um, We've seen a lot of these situations, hijinks before, right? Um, Mm -hmm. we know them, we know like the sort of genre conventions of a sitcom and I, it can be really difficult to make those come alive, um, season after season, uh, but Fresh Prince does it. Absolutely. I think. Yeah. It really brings in the A game. Um, it keeps, it keeps it fresh and it never forgets that this is a family sitcom and that as such, we need to incorporate all the actors in these various scenarios. No one family member ever goes too long without having the focus be on them for an episode, which I think is important. Right, exactly. So season three. Season three. So season three, Will opens with Will home from spending the summer in Philadelphia with with his mom and and Robert. Um, He's got a whole new look. And now we know from season one that 
um, Vivian and Phil, particularly Philip, have been trying to browbeat the Philly out of him since he ever since he got to <laughs> Bel Air. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's home and he's got all that thug street influence again. Ah, right. They're so upset. <laughs> Oh yeah, they're really they're really in their feels about this. Like they're real pressed about it. Um, so that becomes a, a whole thing, and it gets worse when Ashley starts to imitate Will. Right, because like she Ashley's still sort of Tatiana Ali is visibly older, uh, much older than young Ashley, but she's she's just getting. She's not like bad B Ashley yet. Um, she's still very much like a like your 14 year old, like sort of little cute, like little cousin. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think Ashley was a really relatable character to me because Tatiana and Molly is like a couple years older than me. Yeah. Like four or five years older than me. Um, but like on the show, I was like, I basically projected a lot of myself onto the Ashley character. Cause I liked her so much. Same, same deep. Um, same. <laughs> And I think that was real for everybody in our age group. They're like, I'm Ashley. Duh. Duh. Um, this is also the season where Vivian gets pregnant with um, her last child, Nikki. And we find out that she's pregnant in episode two. Um, great episode, by the way. Um, hold on. Wait, we we fucked up in a major way. We missed the episode. It was either in season one or season two where Aunt Viv takes that dance class. Oh, oh my gosh. How could we? That's the most, and it's like one of the most epic episodes. It's iconic. It's an iconic I episode. I gotta find it because I don't know why I didn't mention it, but it's like my second favorite episode of Fresh Prince. Same. I w I, I'm such a bum. I thought I put it in my notes and I, I realized now I didn't. I think I was counting on myself to remember what season it was in. I'm not going to be, Same. I'm not going to lie. Like, I just thought that I could just remember this from osmosis or something. Um, I'm going to find the episode in a minute, but yeah. Um, season three, we're basically dealing with like, a little bit, a little bit of the same friction that we dealt with with Will being a new family member back in season one, as well as the expectation of you know waiting for a new family member to arrive, um, and they kind of draw this pregnancy out in a really well paced way. I feel um, where she's not like pregnant forever, but it's not like we have to um, work like she gets pregnant and then we get the baby like five episodes later. Right. Um, exactly. I agree. Uh, but the Vivian dance episode, do you want to talk about it? We'll just, it's in season one or two, you guys. Sorry. Yeah, I believe it's in season two. Cause I just looked for it in season one. I couldn't find it, but long story short, Vivian, um, is, is self-conscious. Vivian used to be a dancer, um, at one point. And she feels self-conscious about um, getting older um, and, uh, like, maybe two pounds of weight gain. Mostly just about getting older and feeling like she can't do things she used to do. So she takes this dance class. And in the preliminaries, it's very clear that she's very out of shape. She hasn't kept up with her practice. And these younger girls are, like, teasing her and making fun of her. So she practices her ass off. She comes back. She gives them what for. Um, she gives that iconic finger snap 
walks out of that door with her head held high and promptly collapses outside the door. This is season two, episode seven, the big four O. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And she, and cause Vivian, I guess she wanted to be, she wanted to pursue dance at one point and then she didn't end up doing it. And because of her 40th birthday, she's, um, she's just feeling like, Oh, I, I still want to do that. And so she, so she sort of does. Um, after she collapses that the dance class she was in wasn't actually a class. It was an audition for like an I'll be sure music video. And she gets the music video. She gets the job. Um, or not, oh, not a music video. It's like a tour. She's supposed to go on tour. Yeah, with like the Alvin Ailey dance troupe. It's troupe or something. And she gets the job. Uh, but she, at the end, she's like, no, I just wanted to prove to myself that I, I still could if I want, if I really, really wanted to per- And I think that's so this. important. I think that's so important because we have women and, you know, who are hitting middle age and they're having these crises, right? And they're like, I should have done this. I should have done that. But Vivian not only proves to herself that she could have done this and been really successful if she wanted to, she also um, gets a renewed appreciation for what she does now, teaching as a professor. Right, because she she's like, she, and she says that in the episode, she's like, I realize, you know, I really love my kids. I love teaching. I love uh, guiding young minds. Like, no, I made the right choice. Or like, I'm now even more firm in that choice. Right, right. And so we know that um, you can't have it all. You really can't. Like she couldn't be a teacher and a mother and a dancer um, and give equal weight to these things. Like you can't have it all. And I wish that certain groups would stop saying that we can because you're at the end of the day, no matter what your politics are, you're only one person. Um, you can't have it all. You have to pick and choose what's important to you. And she, she proved to herself by the end of that episode that she made the right choice. Right. And, and I loved it. It was great. Um, so back to season three, back uh, to season three. So, oh, sorry. Were you going to say something? Yes. I was going to talk about this episode of season three where um where lark varies who plays lisa turtle on saved by the bell guest stars as carlton's old girlfriend who shows up with a baby named carlton jr oh god that episode is so okay yeah let's talk about it that episode is so much (laughs) yeah so she rejected him a few months back. She shows up with this baby, named baby Carlton Jr. He's ready to take responsibility for this kid, except there's just one hitch. Carlton's a virgin, and he never had sex with this girl. <laughs> Which we suspected he was a virgin, but it's later confirmed that he actually never had sex with this girl. <laughs> Banana nuts. <laughs> Banana nuts. <laughs> oh listen great like, I'm episode not, like i understand her reasoning because it's like if i'm gonna go the route of like scamming and psychosis and i'm gonna pick a child and i'm just gonna pick a father for my child carlton's a good pick mm-hmm. excellent pick his family's I wealthy mean, yeah he's responsible he's responsible he's really nice his He's smart, and- so you know he can support himself if the going gets tough. Tough. Um, 
his family is absolutely going to intervene in some fashion. They're probably going to give you some money and they're wealthy. Not a bad choice. Not a bad choice at all. Right. Right. I mean, if you're going to pin a pregnancy on somebody, um, he's, he's the one to do it. Um, now this, this season was pretty long as also was like 24 episodes long. And again, the hits just kept coming. And as I mentioned, when we talked about last season, there's always like one after school, specialty episode, and they do not miss with this one either. This is probably one of the most iconic episodes ever. Like there's three episodes of fresh Prince that everybody knows the Vivian dance episode, the big four Oh season two, episode seven, Mm-hmm. This, the the episode where his father rejects him yet again, and you, he goes to Philip asking why his father doesn't want him, and this episode right here that I'm about to talk about, Just Say Yo, episode 19 of season three, where Carlton accidentally overdoses on amphetamines um, that he found in Will's locker thinking it's vitamin E. This episode, Carlton nearly dies at the prom, you guys. Oh, yeah. This episode is really heavy. It's so heavy. Like, the way that, honestly, this is some of the best writing I've ever seen on this show, which is saying a lot. Um, Shout out to Ephraim Seeger, who wrote this episode, and Shelly Jensen, who directed it. So what what happens is basically, Will is on the basketball team. He's got to think about school, his girlfriends, his home life. So he um, gets some speed, amphetamines, from a friend. And he doesn't take them yet, but he puts them in his locker while debating whether or not to take them. Carlton's been dealing with this really bad pimple and Will says, just take some vitamin E. I have some in my locker. He takes the bottle of amphetamines, which are obviously not marked amphetamines. And, um, instead of just taking one or two, like Will tells him, he thinks the more, the better. It's incredibly hard to overdose on vitamin E next to impossible. So this wouldn't have done anything if it had actually been vitamin E, but he ends up overdosing on amphetamines and like sweating his life away on the dance floor before collapsing at prom and being taken to the emergency room. Right. He does that like classic Molly, like rolling, like dance sequence. It was so interesting. I was like, wow. Like I was like, wow. Carlton's like really off Molly at the prom. That's crazy. Now, I said earlier that started this episode, some of the best performances on the show are in interactions specifically between Alfonso Ribeiro and Will Smith as Carlton and Will. And this definitely hits that mark. Uh, when Carlton's in the hospital, miraculously awake for after having his stomach pumped, and he tells Will that he forgives him and Will is begging for his um forgiveness and then later begging the family for their forgiveness who that is different you guys as a tearjerker for real it is because and what i love about it as well is that like you know as much as they these two characters will and carlton antagonize each other um you get to see like the real love that that is between them Right. Like the the series, and this is another hard thing to do. They always show them as having an antagonizing relationship, but never 
an adversarial one, which is hard to do. A lot of times siblings on TV are can be portrayed as hating each other. And I think the only shows that get that type of sibling rivalry and like, you know, um, sibling antagonizing behavior correctly are The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Malcolm in the Middle. I agree. That's the, those are two extremely strong, strong examples. Like, of, like everybody else, I'd be like, do these kids low key want to hate, want to kill each other? Because it feels like they want to kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, or, or, or it can be like, why are these two like here? Like, why are they even family? Like, that doesn't, they don't feel like family. Um, I think Boy Meets World r- runs into that a lot in the later season. It's like, they're brothers. Right. Like, Eric and Corey don't seem to have been raised by the same, in the same household, let alone birthed by the same people. (laughs) Like, um, it's so weird. It comes off very poor taste. Another great episode this season is The Baby Comes Out, which is episode 20. Now, we learned Vivian was pregnant in episode two. We learned she was a few months pregnant. Episode 20, um, The Baby is Late, which is actually very common in older women as well as with some people's first babies. Um, but then we, we get, we get our baby Nikki and he becomes like the love of everybody's life. Everybody loves him. Nikki's great. And we get like a a rotating door of, of baby, baby, black babies who who guest stars Nikki on various episodes. And they are all so cute. They're all cute. They're all super cute. They're not all, they're not all boys by the way, but they're all super cute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, uh, another reason why you shouldn't get your daughter's ears pierced too quickly. If she's a baby actor, she can play baby boys too. There you go. There you go. Um, um, but this was a great season and this was Will and Carlton's last year of high school. Yep. Um, I do want to talk really quickly about, uh, one particular episode in, um, in, in, in season three, uh, called no oh sorry called that's no lady that's my cousin um because it is like the it, it is like the quote-unquote sexism episode where the show like when once again like addresses will sexism but just like sexism in general towards women uh, particularly towards black girls and the reason why i really like the episode is that like it talks about this thing that i think you and i have talked about a lot about how uh young black girls get all this weird messaging uh, and girls in general get all this weird messaging about what they should and should not be like. And, and, uh, but they, you know, they're told to do one thing, but they see people who do another get rewarded, um, by, a in very, in, in like various different ways. And that's essentially what happens, um, in, this episode. So basically Ashley, uh, Will and Carlton's school, which was, a, which was an all boys school goes co-ed and Ashley. Wasn't it yeah, already co-ed? No. Well, no, it, it was, it goes co-ed. Cause this oh, is okay. like, cause he's like, this is the first day of whatever. And then it's also, I Ash- thought that was just her first day of high school. My bad. And it's Ashley's first day at, like, you know, joining Will and Carlton at their school that um, is now co-ed. And 
when Ashley gets there, you know, she's only ever known Will in the context of um, the home and and their home and what that's like. And so she goes there and she does all the things that she's supposed to do, but she sees how, like, all the girls who dress a certain way, um, who dress, like, in a way, like, that's, like, sexy, quote-unquote, whatever that sexy means. Um, Sexy means vandalizing your school uniform. (laughs) (laughs) uh she 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 like you know she she does like the britney spears sort of like uh top like i think top like with the jacket over it and then like i think her skirt gets a bit shorter um and she and so when she changed and so at first like she just sort of notices how will and carlton only pay attention to the girls who dress like that and so then she decides to dress like that so that she can get attention too because she wants boys to like her um and will and uh carlton are scandalized because it's like and they try to give her this talk of like, but you know, you're so smart and you know, you're such a nice person and you're so funny. And like, we have such a great time together. And she's like, yeah, but like, you don't really value those things. Right. They don't value those things. And so something weird happens on this episode that it wasn't realistic. Then it's not realistic. Now when Carlton and will first see Ashley on her first day at Bella prep, you know, she's got her uniform like you just described, and she's wearing her jacket inside out the way that Will does. The sleeves are rolled up. Her skirt is her skirt is rolled up and super short. She's got the knee socks. She's looking good. Her hair is laid. Um, and all the boys are fawning over her. And they keep talking about this hot new girl at the school. This freshman's got it going on. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then Carlton's like, she's bad. She's hot. And Will's like, she's your baby sister, man. <laughs> and... It's interesting to me that he failed to recognize her because the only way that could have happened is literally he did not look at her above the neck. Right. Literally the only way that could happen, which completely cancels out all that shit he said about being smart in your personality. Because y'all can't even be shallow enough to look at her face. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And I think, and I guess I think that's that's probably part of the point, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like that they're not, they don't really care. Um, This is, and then we also have like, I think, hold on. I might, I don't want to be mixing up like my uh, bad bitch nineties black girls. Um, But we have like the, the initial introduction of at least this idea, or at least telling Will that he's kind of a sexist mess in uh, Gabrielle uh, Garceau. Is that how you say her name? Bovo, no. Garcel Bove. That's it. Sorry, my bad. Um, Gar- so we have this in Garcel Bove who uh, comes in and she's like, "You're a sexist mess." Like, um, and then it's then punctuated by this thing with Ashley happening, and it's interesting. There does in the show, and I it it's it's interesting also to me because. It's not that it comes out of nowhere, but Will does, at the end of the episode, Will does have this monologue uh, that's to, and that breaks the fourth wall and it's to the live audience and it's to the camera about um, 
we should think more about the way we treat women and, you know, what's these, what, what is this message messaging that we're giving to young girls? And like, we say one thing, but we do another. And I mean, it's, it's significant because like, I mean, the, the screen goes, the, the space around him goes black and it's just one spot that's on his face as he's reciting this monologue to the fourth wall. Um, breaking the fourth and and then at the end of it you know because it is a sitcom you know he throws up his hands and he's like nah but it's it's fascinating for that reason and it's fascinating for just all these sort of things that we're thinking on Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I love that episode. I even love the B plot of that episode, which is that the banks, well, Philip and Vivian ask Hillary to move out since the baby's coming because apparently they need the room, but y'all, y'all live in a literal mansion. They were really <laughs> just trying to kick Hillary out the house, y'all. But our girl had him. She ain't as stupid as they think she is. Now, Hillary is definitely the prototypical airhead, just in blackface. However, she ain't, stu- she ain't stupid. She told him, they said, we want you out of the house, Hillary. So she's like, cool, I found a place. Um, uh, uh, and, you know, it, you know, great location, safe neighborhood. Turns out the place she found is the pool house. Shout out to her. We love, we, we stand. <laughs> we have to stand a queen that finds loopholes. Um, and listen, she was raised by lawyers. I don't know what they thought by not specifying their terms and conditions. <laughs> right. She said you, and she even said, she's like, you didn't say I had to be off the property. <laughs> right. So like their, 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 their plans to make Hillary an independent woman failed <laughs> terribly. Um, this, this, this season also has a lot of great episodes. I like them all. Some are better than others, but there are so many good ones. Um, and we have lots of great guest stars. We have Garcelle Beauvais. We have Lorenz Tate. And your show wasn't popping in the 90s if Lorenz Tate didn't guest star on it, period. Because he was Say like it. the 90s. He was a 90s film star. I don't even know. Like, imagine the charisma that he must have to be a man who's definitely not tall to be, have been the leading man in so many different, like, cinematic projects. <sighs> he was so, he's so, not was, like, I mean, he still is. He's so beautiful. He was gorgeous. I, I remember so seeing fine. him on that last season of Power, and I'm like, this man is still fine? Make it make sense. Still. Uh, <laughs> he's still fine. Um, uh, mo- the Mommy Nearest episode was also a really good one. We found out that Will's mom has broken up with Robert, um, so Vi and Robert broke up, which was sad. Honestly, I wanted Vi to get a win. Um, but it was one of those episodes where he had to be there for his mom for a change. Um, um, a lot of the, there are some episodes I feel more this season and moving forward where they incorporate Jeffrey and Jeffrey, even though he's their servant, starts to feel more and more like a member of the family, which is a very hard thing to pull off. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Like probably the most difficult thing that any group of writers has ever had to do, especially when like they don't have a maid, they don't have a valet. And so um, Jeffrey has a title of butler, but he does all of those jobs as well. I mean, now Jeffrey does have a family of his own. And I think that that actually helps the narrative a lot. He doesn't have any children either. What I've seen in television shows and movies where the servant does have a family or they do have a spouse is that 10 times out of 10, 
the the employer will cross will will cross their boundaries and get overly familiar with their servant's kids and their their servant's spouse which that's that can be sticky i'm just saying no because because jeffrey doesn't have a family of his own and he also has a very strong personality he's not like a a a a sub submissive um personality even though he is a servant he always finds a way to speak his mind it makes it more believable that he's a member of the family because he's clearly not um afraid of them <laughs> like he's not afraid of the banks and he's not afraid of losing his job um this is very similar to the niles character who was the butler on the nanny mm, that's another good reference yeah, um, I love Niles. Niles is a queen, the king of shade, not gonna lie. <laughs> uh. um, but um, do you have any um, favorite or standout um, episodes from season three? Uh, yes, so many. Okay, so episode one, How I Spent My Summer Vacation. Uh, episode three, No Lady, That's My... Or I always get this. That's No Lady, That's My Cousin. Um, episode four, Hillary gets a job. This is episode's hilarious. Uh, Hillary becomes like the local weather girl off of nothing, but like just sheer dumb luck, um, and, and greatness. It's also the same episode where, uh, in the B plot, there's like a local community center, um, in, on the other side of town that will frequents that's being torn down. Uh, to build high-rise condos and, and gentrification. And um, it speaks to, it's an old episode, but it, a lot of what happens in it speaks to, I think, our current moment where Will, you know, gets the attention of like the news crew and he talks about how there's there, there are these petitions, um, there are these petitions that like you can come down and sign to save the center. And there are these community leaders who have been working on saving the center and what a good place it is for uh, at-risk youth. And then the only person that the, the local news actually shows on TV is like a rapper or something. Um, right. <laughs> and I think that I just, that very much speaks to our, our situation currently in a lot of ways. Um, it's very, timely uh still episode six p.s i love you episode seven here comes the judge episode nine a night at the oprah <laughs> that's funny <laughs> um uh, episode 10 ashes to ashes episode 11 a funny thing happened on the way from the forum episode 13 mommy nearest Episode 15, Robbing the Banks. Episode 16, Bundle of Joy. Episode 19, Just Say Yo. Episode 21, You Bet Your Life. Uh, episode 22, Ain't No Business Like Show Business. And then episode 24, Six Degrees of Graduation. All right. Um, favorites for me would be also episode three, That's No Lady, That's My Cousin. Um, episode four, Hillary gets a job. Hillary gets a job as a weather girl and we meet her man, Trevor. And that's going to be an epic storyline. Just you wait, guys. <laughs> Just you wait and see. <laughs> uh, episode five, mama's baby, Carlton's maybe. Episode eight, boys in the woods. 
Episode 12, The Cold War. Episode 13, Mommy Nearest. Episode 15, Robbing the Banks. Episode 17, Best Laid Plans. You guys, Will goes as far as faking a, a wedding ceremony to get this girl to have sex with him. Oh, God, that episode's so funny. <laughs> a mess. Kim Fields guest stars on that episode. Love her. Uh, episode 19, Just Say Yo. Definitely, for me, the best episode of this season. Yeah, 24, Six Degrees of Graduation. Great graduation episode. Um, great way to tie it up. Um, I, th- I thought the season was very good. What about you? Same. I think this this season gets... Season three gets a solid good again for me from me. Um, and a big part of that is that I think it really managed to put in these uh, quote unquote after school, especially episodes or episodes about like more serious topics. It managed to balance those and like the episodes that are purely for like comedy or like comedic effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it really those two that balance hit just right. Great. I love it. I completely agree. Um, I mean, I'll probably say good about the next three seasons next week as well, to be very honest with you. This show didn't hit a lot of false notes. Um, and it has aged surprisingly well. Um, we, we, there are a lot of people that make jokes about PC culture and like, we can't laugh about anything anymore. Everybody's so sensitive. But like, I'm still laughing. Right. You know, the <laughs> the jokes definitely, um, like, one thing that, and also a thing that I like about season three is that, like, the fat jokes on Philip start to ease, which is nice. Right. Um, but also, I do think, you know, thinking about this, this like, um, Lothario aspect of Will and sort of sexism around it, something that I did take note of um, that I think makes that work or why like that can be funny is because um they code will as this lothario character but when you watch it he's not not really like pretty much 90 percent of the time he gets rejected by these girls (laughs) like they're all like you're an idiot (laughs) um Right. The only thing that makes Will different is that he kind of takes a rejection on the chin and he never stops trying. Like He doesn't fall into this nice guy. Girls just don't want me, man. Like he keeps trying until he finds a girl who doesn't reject him like a normal right. person should. <laughs> like a normal person. And and that's what like sort of makes it it work. And, and it's funny. And um, and there are lots of jokes. Jeffrey is, you know, constant source of, of hilarity. And so it's Hillary. Um, they're, they're just these archetypes that work. And there you have it, folks. This is everything that we think made the first half of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air good, 
bad, basic, and totally enjoyable. If you'd like to check out this hilarious series, Fresh Prince is currently streaming on HBO Max. Please let us know your thoughts on this series via our Twitter or Instagram. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share it with your friends. And if you're a patron on our top two tiers, be sure to check out our Fresh Prince Spotify playlist filled with all the bangers and bops that helped make this series great. Tune in next week when we'll be wrapping up our discussion with the back half of Fresh Prince. Follow The Good, The Bad, The Basic on all major podcast platforms to listen to our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media. Please follow us at The Good, Bad, Basic on Twitter and at Good, Bad, Basic Pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content. Also, be sure to follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic, where all our episodes drop first. And if you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes, as well as exclusive bonus material. Until next time, bye everyone.